You're listening to Written in the Cars, the podcast where we try to piece together the rules of the universe of Pixar's cars. If you are here to hear a discussion involving faceless cars, you have gone astray. If not, then buckle up, because it's going to be a bumpy ride, and we will not turn this car around. Hello! Hi, hi! Welcome back to Written in the Cars. Written in the Cars. A Cars podcast. I'm your host, Ashton, and I've been cursed by God to solve the Cars universe. And I'm not a host technically, but instead the thing hidden under the bed of Lightning McQueen, Paige Turner. Yeah. The amount of limbs would just be disturbing to him. <laughs> so uh, I, we did watch Planes. We watched Planes. That's not what this is about, because I would like to go over my car's musical cast immediately. Yes, that's a great idea. I finished an hour after we ended the call. <laughs> yeah, I actually remember getting that message. Yeah, I'll start. I mean, Lightning McQueen, Aaron Tveit. I told someone else about my casting for Lightning and they said, oh, you're going like older. And I was like, I think Aaron Tveit has this ability to play like a young bad boy, but also he's older. So he has like this wisdom about him that I think would be perfect for Lightning McQueen. Yeah, I feel like he looks like he could play any character in a CW show. Yes, exactly, yeah. (laughs) Which means he's perfect for Lightning McQueen because he's sort of this hazy age where it's like young rookie, but also how old is a young rookie in race? Yes, exactly. I mean, Doc, we of course said Patrick Page. I'm not changing that. Patrick Page, no, of course. Patrick Page is Doc. And then, okay, my casting for Sally is a little interesting. Oh. So I went with Sarah Bareilles. Now hear me out. She has almost like a motherly energy, but it's very like young. She she literally seems like someone who left California. Yeah, to go do something Left else. the high yeah. life to just go like live in this sad little town. Yeah. And then made her Harvey Firestein. I mean, it's Harvey Firestein. And then Guido and Luigi, who uh, I told Paige about this already because I could not keep it to myself, but it's the perfect casting. Um, and it's Nathan Lane as Luigi and Matthew Broderick as Guido. I will take no criticism. It's the perfect yeah. casting. I think that Matthew Broderick has this innocent persona that he can definitely, like, if you look into his eyes, I think he can convey a lot of mm-hmm. deep, dark emotions that would be required for Guido. Okay, Chick Hicks, Alex Brightman, who is the original Beetlejuice on Broadway. I thought he would kill his Chick Hicks. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Yeah. That's it. We found it. Yeah. And then for the king, Norm Lewis, which I think we talked about last week. Incredibly talented. Love that guy. Okay, Mac. Mac was one of the hardest ones to cast, but I think I did a really good job. <laughs> Jonathan Groff. <laughs> Why Why Jonathan Groff? He has a manic energy. For Mac, it was someone who had the ability to be goofy. And I thought about... So Jonathan Groff originated the role of the king in Hamilton. But he does kill it. Is the yeah, thing. and he kills it. And he steals the show in like only a few minutes. Because Mac is not a character in Radiator Springs, but he's a very fun character and he does have an important role. And so I wanted someone who could make a big impact with only a little bit of stage time. Yeah, 
I think we get him singing like some kind of like there are trucker songs like that's a genre song and so I think we just have him on stage with almost a conveyor belt type backdrop and then uh, he's pulling Eric to beat in a wagon (laughs) I was just thinking riding on his back piggyback style and he's singing the song and just kind of like grooving while the background's moving behind him that's my dream Ramon Anthony Ramos, again, perfect casting. Mm-hmm. And then Flo, this is the one I am the most proud of because Flo was also very hard. And I was thinking about a lot of different Broadway stars and I eventually settled on who I think would be the embodiment of Flo and that is Alex Newell. And they are an incredible artist. I'm in love with them. Like I can picture Alex Newell saying, I have gas. So for Jackson Storm, I said Jeremy Jordan, because Jeremy Jordan has the ability, he he's like a little, when I think about the characters that he portrays, I think of them all as like little pieces of shit. They're like okay. endearing, but they're all like little assholes. For Cruz Ramirez, Eva Noblezada, 100%. Yeah. She is Cruz Ramirez. And then Finn McMissile. Okay, Finn mm-hmm. McMissile. <laughs> oh no, are we actually going to do it? Are we going to do Cars too? Well, I feel like I, we have... We, I just did like a few things in Cars too. Not like every character, but... Okay. Finn McMissile, like the main characters in each yeah. one. Yeah. I said Ramen Karamloo. I just think we should get fucking Hugh Jackman in there somewhere. Please don't get ahead of me. <gasps> oh my god. For Holly... I said Sierra Bogus or Bogus. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. She originated the role of Ariel on Broadway in The Little Mermaid, and she's a very famous Christine as well. And so she has this amazing opera voice that I just, I don't know, I just felt like would be so good for Holly because Holly seems a little bit, I don't know, she has like this innocence about her, every character she plays, and I think that's a really good Holly. <laughs> so Francesco, <laughs> Francesco, I had to like, at this one I Googled, hot young broadway actors yeah yeah i need to refresh my brain and i was searching for a long time and then it just hit me who is the perfect francesco and that is isaac cole powell i am using a lot of people who were in the once on this island circle in the square performance because i think that cast is incredible but isaac cole powell is like just this buff looking i think he's in his 20s and he's like this oh wait wow he's way more buff looking man. than i thought he was Right? Like, I saw yeah, just the he head at the yeah. neck, and I'm like, I was in Boy Scouts with this guy. And then I saw the rest of him, and I was like, oh, no, I, I see what you mean. And he has, like, this charm to him that I think he could play, like, being, like, very sexy, but in a cheesy mm-hmm. way. I think he could really pull that off. And then this is where I cast Hugh Jackman as Smokey. I thought you might. <laughs> he would love to have, like, a cameo. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if this was a movie musical... Like a, like a filmed version, like a stage show that was filmed. Because when they filmed Hamilton, they did like they did two filmings or they did multiple, but like they did two where it was like sure. there was an audience there. And so like that was like the main thing. And then they would do a filming that was, OK, we're going to do this scene and then mm. we're going to put a camera in your fucking face and there's no audience. But like just get close ups and stuff. So like I think that would be fun, too. My final character. I saw mm-hmm. it and I was like, I can't unsee it and I need it to be real. Um, is am I casting for Cal? Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> Which is Ben Platt. Ben Platt. I see the problem is I know Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan oh, Hansen. Fuck. Oh fuck. <laughs> 
you know? Like, I didn't have a choice. It came into my brain, yeah. and I just, like, subconsciously had to write it down. The incredible thing about this minigame and, like, me coming up with it and proposing it was that <laughs> going into this, I knew that basically it would just be 15 minutes where I could just coast. I could just sit there, <laughs> you know, and you would be able to do all the work. Because I don't know a lot about musical theater or, like, Broadway or anything, but I, I was pretty sure... <laughs> That we could get a full segment out of it just <laughs> if I just brought it up to you. Yeah. Like, and I was like, I, I kind of feel bad about this because I feel like I'm not going to contribute anything, but you really took to it. And so I'm pretty, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm pretty proud of this. Anyway, again, welcome to Written in the Cars. Uh, this is a Cars, I don't know how to describe it, Cars world building podcast, <laughs> yeah. I guess is the best way to describe it. Uh, I'm sure by the time we finish watching all the movie, or I guess by the end of next week, we'll probably, we'll hopefully have some kind of description down. We're a Cars world building podcast where we are watching all of the Cars movies and uh, spin-off Cars films, only the full films, not the uh, shorts for now. Mater's Tall Tales. Yeah, fu- fuck, fuck Mater's Tall, Tall Tales. Tales. I, I haven't seen them. So we're watching all the movies and <laughs> then Mater. we are... Uh, taking notes as we're watching them and we are later going to come back in and try and figure out how the fuck the car's world works how do you crucify a car why can they drive through a metal detector without setting it off these are the types of questions that we are asking ourselves so on that note oh boy uh planes we watched watched planes planes. (laughs) i was halfway through and i was like this movie has nothing for us. I might as well have just stuck my face in a bowl of water for two hours. This is nothing. I don't know why we're doing this. And then there was a turning point like halfway through where it's like, wait, what? Hold on, what the fuck? And then suddenly it just gets wilder and wilder about like what's going yeah. on in the Cars world. I don't know if I liked it more than Cars 2. I think I was less frustrated watching this movie than I was watching Cars 2. But it was just, like, kind of bad and not in a fun way. Cars 2 is frustrating, but it really made me question the fact that we were even bothering watching it. Yeah, I mean, there are some important moments. Yeah. For sure. And some hotties, of course. Some genuine, plain baddies. Genuine hotties. But I found myself longing for lightning mcqueen so many times oh my god yeah this is affecting my brain chemistry because i was watching it going i wish i was watching cars right now (laughs) and that just seems wrong that doesn't seem like something that a human being should be thinking anyway so fuck planes but here we go so planes i just want to say immediately fucking immediately planes throws you into this universe and is like get ready to fucking rock dude this shit's gonna fucking slay Mm -hmm. the music in this intro it makes this movie feel like i'm about to have the ride of my goddamn life Mm -hmm. and i did honestly i did not in the way i expected yeah it was definitely a fucking ride it was a bit of a roller coaster by which i mean there were ups and downs by which i mean the planes moved up and down the jets in this first scene had helmets and that's just some of the there are a lot of helmets that yeah oh i forgot about that and masks there was there's a mask there's a notable mask yep 
But so the first scene, we show up, there are two jets flying and they're talking, and then this much smaller, more private looking plane shows up and is like, here, I'll show you how it's done. And then they fly off. And after that first line, I just want to say two things in my brain. As soon as Dusty said a line, I said, oh, he is definitely in the closet. And oh, this is the villain. I assumed that Dusty was the villain. I don't know why. But I didn't know his name and he just showed up and he sounded so cocky and like such an asshole. And I was like, that's the fucking villain right there. Mm. That's the guy that's going to fuck our main character over. Like I thought maybe Mm -hmm. he was going to fly over and we were going to see the real protagonist like looking up from the ground. But no, that's the guy we're fucking stuck with (laughs) is this goddamn closeted twink who wishes he had as much charisma as Lightning McQueen. Yeah. Okay. It's true. He just doesn't have the kachow factor. He doesn't. He doesn't have a kachow, and if he did have a kachow, it would feel even more like a knockoff Lightning McQueen than he already does, which is fucking incredible, because going into this movie, it feels so much like, oh, here is Radiator Springs for planes. Here is Dock for planes. Here's Mater for planes. And it's just like, oh, fuck. But he's a crop duster. And again, I wrote down in the intro, good song, fuck, this rocks. Like, I was into it. This wasn't a good movie, but I have to give it props. I have to give it just huge ups from refraining on making a joke about crop dusting as in farts. You know, there was no fart crop dusting joke. Um, I beg to differ. (laughs) Do you? Yeah, because immediately there's a scene where he's crop dusting with the older crop duster. And maybe it's not a fart joke, but it's definitely a poop joke because I wrote down, bruh, he pooping, question mark? (laughs) Well, sure. He is dusting the crops. Yeah. As the kids say. With manure. Yep. First of all, where'd they get it? From the cows that exist because ice cream exists, right? Right? Yeah, from the, I guess, the udders, the tractor udders. No, I'm saying that they're actual cows. Don't, Paige. Yeah? Don't. All I'm saying is we can't look at the tractors and assume they put out manure because the cars don't put out manure. They put out oil and the tractors are the same. Yeah, but there's a lot of cow lore in this movie. And like there's a scene that takes place in India where they discuss how the tractors are sacred. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, fuck. I I completely forgot. Oh, my God. So plan be pooping. So they're growing corn and... Just corn. Which they do use to make biodiesel. Yes. We have confirmation about this because they say corn gives you gas. And obviously that's like a bit that they're doing. But we have confirmation that that's what they use it for. It was such a relief hearing that line. <laughs> I know. You know I what know. I mean? It gave me hope that we can solve it. That everything is there for a reason. One of the cars I think says no thank you. And I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was fun. There are some good puns in this one. I did only laugh out loud once, though. Oh, I'm excited to find out when that was. To be fair, I laughed very hard. Okay. (laughs) I killed me. Anyway, so Chug. (laughs) So Chug is a gas truck, and his name is Chug, and he's the mater of the show. Yeah, he is. Oh, Chug. Oh, Chug. But anyway, Chug is kind of like Dusty's coach or something. Flying coach, yeah, because Dusty wants nothing more than to become a racer, a racing plane. It's very Cruz Ramirez of him. Yeah, kind of, except 
do not fucking say their names in the same <laughs> sentence. Like, that's my feeling on it. If it were anyone but you saying that, I would be dismantling them right now for saying that. Yeah, comparing the two, though, I just want to, like, Cruz Ramirez has, like, this tenacity. She's been through so much to get where she is, and Dusty just fucking showed up one day, and he was like, what's up, fuckers? There is no way he should have qualified. Well, he did- Okay, so he goes to this qualifier, and he gets six. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Wait, wait, because I also have a mini game. <laughs> oh, that's so good because I didn't actually write any down this time. I was too bored by the movie to come up with any mini games. So really quick, we have this scene, Dusty's flying around, and I noticed the skull and crossbones flag, which is a huge thing in this movie. But at the oh moment, at the moment, I was like, what the fuck? And I like took a picture. I was like, this is a whole thing. Like, I bet Paige yeah, isn't even going to see whole thing. this. No, I did. And then immediately I was like, oh, it's just like a, it's going to be in here a lot, huh? It's going to be like a symbol mm-hmm. that we see a lot. So yeah. It took me a while to have it occur to me, to be fair. So <laughs> The moment I think it was shown, for like half a second behind him when he was flying, I was like, oh! I was, it was literally that Leonardo DiCaprio still. Mm. And then we get to Dottie, who is a forklift. Yeah, a great lady, by the way. So I want to talk about the forklifts in this movie because they suddenly have so much mobility in their arms. Yeah, I don't think that's new either. Like, we saw it in Cars yes. 2 and 3. It wasn't to this extent where, like, I was watching Dottie in the scene and I was uncomfortable. It was so vivid that it looked like a car with human hands. And I did not like that. Some other of the forklifts in this movie did it. So I don't know if they changed just, like, something. Oh. But in this scene, the thing that Dottie's doing is she is, like, playing mechanic. She's the mechanic to Dusty and, like, the other planes. I wrote down some terms that she uses for, like, things that could go wrong. Awesome, because everything went over my head there. I was staring at the arms. Wing flutter, <laughs> metal fatigue, and turbine failure. And I just, I don't know how many of those are actual things that happen to planes in real life. Turbine failure obviously yeah, can happen. Yeah, we have to get a plane guy on here. And then comes my only laugh, which is when, when Chug and Dusty are watching the 10 best air crashes. <laughs> And it's it's number ten. <laughs> he just it's not even a crash. He just like doesn't take off and he just goes like directly down. And like there's no there's no crash. It's just like I can't even explain it, but it got me. I had to watch it twice. Like it was so funny. <laughs> I'm gonna have to rewatch that. I didn't even catch I it. I cannot explain. It was like all of these planes taking off, and then like the one plane just didn't go in the air and just kind of like drove directly downwards like off of this cliff Mm -hmm. and then just kind of hit the ground but didn't explode and it was just like this like moment of him being like (laughs) what's going on and it was so funny yeah it sounds good (laughs) really fucking got me also i have a spongebob reference here that just says not the navy i don't know exactly what that was about it's mentioned pretty quickly that there's a navy okay yeah and that made me go, oh, fuck, there's a Navy. Okay, so here's my minigame. Uh, minigame music. At this point, I was looking at the skull and crossbones again. And I was like, okay, Pirates of the Caribbean, but cars. And then I was like, what would be the funnest or like the best franchise or movie 
to take everything as it is, but all of the characters are cars. Everything's the same, but it's just cars. John Wick is too easy. And obviously we're already planning on doing John yeah. Wick, but with Guido. Exactly. So we can't do that. I like kind of am like mentally shying away from Disney properties here. Right. You know, I could say a Marvel movie, but that's not yeah. really right. Oh my God. So I saw everything everywhere all at once over the weekend. <laughs> and I think it's the best movie that's ever been made ever. And I would really like to see the Cars version of that. <laughs> and yes, that's partially just because I want to watch Everything Everywhere all at once again. Yeah. But it's also partially because I just think it would be done in a really interesting way. And I want to see what all the alternate universe versions of the Cars would be also. I think that would be fun. That would be really fun. And I think it would tell us a lot about what is and isn't true about the Cars universe. See, that's better than mine, because I was just, like, the Princess Bride. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, my God, that would be so good. Oh, I'd watch the fuck out of that. Oh, my God. Fezzik, break his axle. <laughs> yeah, I haven't stopped thinking about that for the past 12 hours. One of these is wiper fluid, and the other one of these is blue Gatorade. <laughs> Well, I've developed a tolerancy to blue Gatorade, so it didn't matter. Put blue Gatorade in both. I'm just imagining the lead character wearing the mask that Wesley has. Oh my god, that would be really good. And then them, like, rolling down the hill. I don't think it would be just on the wheels or sideways. I think it would be, like, lands on the front, bounces, lands on the back, yeah. bounces, lands on... I think that would be the... I think that's the yeah. vibe. Anyway, I'd like to see both of them so bad. I'd like to see both of those films. <laughs> okay, this was also, after I thought about that, this was the moment I started to really fucking miss Lightning McQueen. So I wrote down this note, and I promised myself that I would read it out loud and live by it. Yeah. So I wrote down, if we get Owen Wilson on our show, I will name my firstborn Chug. So... <laughs> <laughs> Don't dissuade Mr. Wilson from showing up on our lovely program. I will name my firstborn child Chug. Because my problem is if I were Owen Wilson, man, I want to go on that show, but now I can't. Because if I do, she's going to fucking name her firstborn Chug, and I can't do that. That'd be fucking me. Owen Wilson, if you're out there and you want to be on this show, you can convince me not to. Yeah, Owen Wilson, if you're out there and you're listening to this, the only way you can stop me from yeah. naming my firstborn Chug is by coming on the show. Don't condemn my child to that fate. <laughs> get on our show. Get on the program. And then that got me thinking about Lightning McQueen, and then I realized that I'm not as attracted to planes as I am to cars. Fascinating. I mean... I'm still attracted to planes, don't get me wrong. Sure, like, like, I've got... My smash list for planes is much shorter than my smash list for cars. Yeah, for sure. And maybe that's just because there are three cars move. No, because, you know what? There are multiple cars in the first Cars movie alone that kind of make it onto the smash list, and yeah. that's just not the case for planes. Yeah. Okay, so let's just breeze through this first bit really quick, because yeah. it truly is not that interesting. No, it's really not. Basically what's happening here is he wants to become a race plane, but he's not really able to. He talks to a Korean war vet uh, that lives <laughs> in the town, 
which holy <laughs> shit <sighs> fuck oh i have a new answer for a movie i would like to see in yeah. the cars universe and it's saving private ryan i want to see oh, the God! i want to see the i want to see the normandy beach scene yeah. but with cars i think it would be disgusting but i need to know what it is you know <laughs> So that, uh, let's see. So he talks to the fucking military plane, and the military plane's like, you're never going to be a racer. You're a crap duster. And besides, here are all the places where you are flying badly. And he's like, oh, do you want to train me? And the old warplane's like, fine, whatever. And so trains him to be actually a pretty capable flyer. We find out here that he's scared of heights. Uh, he goes Okay, to... that was fucking insane. Let's talk about that. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Because... The emotional crux of this film is that this plane is afraid of heights. Yeah, and it truly barely matters to the plot. Yeah. They should have just made a good... They should have just... I know you can make a good sports movie. Just make a good sports movie. Yeah, we saw Cars 3. We know that you have it in you. Yeah. I mean, this came out before Cars 3, right? Oh, yes, it did. Yeah. And maybe everything they were doing was put into Cars 3. Maybe, yeah. The military planes training this guy and they go to a qualifier for like a world grand prix or whatever and he doesn't make it he gets sixth place instead of fifth and fifth is what you needed to qualify but then we find out that one of the planes was using illegal fuel to make him fly faster insane so he qualifies by default because someone else was knocked from the list and so now he's in the world grand prix I also wrote down, what was his name? Fonzarelli was the guy who was using the illegal fuel. Mm-hmm. And immediately my brain was like, oh, so we have to kill him. Also, I think apparently this is the part where one character says, those are the twins. They were born as one and separated at birth. Yeah. And then Chug says, I wish I had been separated at birth. And then I wrote down the note, I wish all of them had been separated at birth. <laughs> Because I was disliking the movie so much, I wanted to dismantle every vehicle I saw on screen. And then also in this scene, this qualifying scene, we again see there's something dark in the Cars universe where all of the cars are so needlessly mean when you're meeting someone. I don't know. Every movie I see this, my mind is like, maybe it's just like a trope. Like, it's a kid's movie thing. I mean, it is, right? But it's so aggressive. Like, the cars are so mean. Do you think that the people who made this movie sort of have the same, like, mental hang-up that Michael Bay does, where it's like, no men can be nice to each other? (laughs) That's what it has to be. Like, no cars can ever be nice to each other. It's toxic carsculinity. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. Also, in the scene where they say that the guy was using illegal fuel, there's a Hummer that has glasses. There's just a car that has glasses. Yeah. Okay, so they have eyes, and their eyes can be messed up in a way that need glasses, which probably means that their eyes are non-mechanical, exactly, yeah. right? Because otherwise they would just put new yeah, ones in. Yeah, in this movie I noticed a lot of cars wear sunglasses and regular glasses. Oh my god. Ash. Like, I know that wasn't the first, like, logical leap we've made, but that was the first time it came to be that easily. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like this is going to work. I I just, I think it's all going to work out, you know? Yeah, we're going to get there. We're going to become experts. All right, let's take a bet. I think we can get it in about eight episodes. In about eight (laughs) episodes. I don't know if I would go that far. 
total, like including the five movies. Yeah. Okay. So well, because that's six right there, because we we did Cars two was. was oh fuck close. yeah! Okay. So just two more after. So that, to be clear, we got it. <laughs> something I've pitched that you at one point were like, "Yeah, that sounds good." Was that after we watched the five movies, we have an episode where you describe your idea of what's going on in the Cars universe, and I describe my idea of what's going on in the Cars universe, and that would be eight episodes. And in my mind, that was supposed to be the intro, so it's not happening. But yeah, I like the ferocity. Also, uh, sorry, there's a lot of shit in this scene during the fuel scene. He comes out of a delivery truck, mm-hmm. and then he's talking about how he saw a lot of corn mm-hmm. on the way over, and there's no windows in that truck. Yeah, it's true. So I mean, maybe they had to stop for oil, and like, oh yeah. fuck, there's only corn around. And then there's a joke that that forklift makes. He makes a joke and he says, yeah, if this is that or something, then I'm Egyptian. And that was so specific that I felt like it must be a reference to something. And I didn't know what. Yeah, like he said it very like, oh, your name's Scandinavian and I'm the Queen of England. But he said, and I'm Egyptian. He just said, and I'm Egyptian. So I don't, I don't know what that has to be something like that's going to be like one of like mystery questions. Like we're going to put it like on the board. Okay. I know what it is. Yes. There's just no Egyptian cars. There are only cars from countries that make cars and manufacture cars. So maybe the reason that it like, yeah, buddy, and I'm the queen of England and I'm Egyptian Maybe that's because, you know, some cars will say like, oh, yeah, I'm an Egyptian car. When it's like, okay, did you move there from Dubai? Did you like, where'd you move there from? I mean, well, we do see Nepal in this. And I don't know if Nepal is a big car manufacturer. Well, no, but I mean, I think they're just moving there. Like, Mm. I don't think it's like... That's very, mm, this is very, very interesting. It's very troubling is what it is. It's very troubling. Right? Yeah, the Hummer has glasses again. I have some notes here just from this whole thing. Dusty lies to Dottie at one point, and I just wrote down lying to his doctor, which I've just internalized as, like, just fucking stupid, which is on me. It was just another thing that I hated so much about him. Dottie at one point is like, oh yeah, you want you want to, like, overclock your engine so that way you can stall out in the middle of flying and crash into an orphanage and kill all the children? <laughs> And I was like, she said orphanage. Like someone said orphanage. And I was like, okay, there are orphans. I did not fucking catch that. There are kids. Then I wrote down, I hate this so much more than I hated cars so far. This must be when we meet. What's his name? Because I wrote down more war confirmation discord grimace emoji. Uh, Skipper? No, I actually found Skipper really endearing. It was um, (laughs) the little forklift Skipper. Right? No, that was the plane. Oh, no, I didn't find Skipper endearing then. I found... No, I, I don't know what the little forklift's name is, but I also loved him. Here, I wrote his name down at some he point. He has cause... these beautiful moments in the background when yeah. other characters are talking, and he's so into it. He's almost the exact opposite of Guido. Yeah. In, like, Guido has these dark secrets, and he's overacting to try to compensate for all of his lies and everything, and I feel like this forklift is just so open and willing to, like, make friends and trust others yeah because he's like a va nurse Mm -hmm. basically right like because the whole thing is that skipper can't fly anymore and so it seems to me like this little forklift guy 
is basically just like his live-in assistant to help yeah. him get carted around and stuff so he doesn't have to worry about that yeah i don't know i just really liked him and they mentioned the kind of plane he is and my friend who was watching with me noticed that and was like oh i can look up what war he was used in and it was either korea or world war ii and then both are insane yeah but later we decided okay it must be korea that is so interesting and i cannot believe that the korean war is so important to the cards universe and that is the war that i am an expert on yeah it's so helpful that is the war that i wrote in my senior thesis paper on i just find you so fascinating you're like truly really <laughs> incredible like and i'm not i'm not saying this facetiously i don't want it to sound like oh i want to study you like a bug like no i just find you to be an <laughs> incredibly interesting person who is like i don't know you're just such a delight to do this show with and I'm, I'm really glad that we're doing i this just together. thank you i just i just i guess i like cars i don't know <laughs> Yeah, before this, if you had asked me, I would have said, I guess it's fine. And now I have no idea how I feel about the Cars movies. My character does say it kicked Aston Martins. Yeah, I didn't write that down. I, like, I didn't even know what to write down about that. Just, it was just too... Yeah, I just wrote I just wrote the phrase down and that's it. I was just like, I yeah. just don't remember it. It just needs to be said that it happened, but I don't have any reason. I don't know where to go with it yet. We meet Chick Hicks for Planes, whose name is Riptide, I think. Rip Slinger, or maybe... It's not Riptide, it's Rip Something. Yeah, so it's Rip Something. He's just an asshole who's good at racing. He has the twins, which in this case are not fuckable little coops, but instead are... That was a bit, but also it felt so bad coming out. Yeah, I mean, there was an air of truth to it. <laughs> my tastes are becoming worse, Ash, which we could talk about later, but my tastes are becoming much worse. Uh, the twins are his little, like, lackeys, uh, like the little demons in Hercules. <laughs> they mention G-forces. Which, I don't know what effect G-forces have on planes specifically, but I know that the reason people mostly pay attention to G-forces in real life is because of how it affects the human passengers. I'm sure that there's some sort of consideration to, like, if the plane will hold up under certain G-conditions, mm -hmm. but I can't imagine that it's that concerning in the Cars universe. Unless they're made of meat, in which case it's something that we have to care about. They say that a turn was good and tight, and the way he says it made me so yucked out. Ash, I'm about to send you a picture of the guy who voices Rip whatever. This is his IMDb image. It's okay. art. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? Hold on! Could you describe this image to the listener? No! Okay! So it's... <laughs> This image looks to be a man in his 40s, and he's sitting on maybe a cardboard box, some kind of box. It's like a block, yeah. Yeah, a block, and he's staring off into the distance, very sadly. Like thousand-yard yeah. stare. But, but here's the thing. He's not wearing any shoes. He has, I don't even know what kind of shirt that is. It's it's like a cowboy shirt. Yeah, almost, it's like a cowboy right? shirt. Like he looks like a cowpoke. And he has like a Sonic the Hedgehog hat. 
like one that it's not like a baseball cap no, or snapback like with mask. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, it's like the top part of a onesie or like a yeah. morphs. It's like the top part of a Sonic costume that's exposing his face. Yeah, and behind him is uh, Captain America's shield, and he's mm-hmm. holding Batman's mask. He's just. <laughs> I don't know why he did this, but I'm enamored with him. Him I do want to study like a bug. I'm going to save this really quick, and I think this image should just be our first tweet. (laughs) No context. Yeah. God. At one point, someone says, pull back on the stick, which... Hello? Yeah. Oh, Paige. Oh, Paige. Paige, that... You've said it's some bad. things. I know you said you said the stairs thing that one time, which I didn't like. This I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. Listen, it's the worst thing. Here's the thing, it works with bug theory. This is the thing I keep repeating in myself over and over and over again, is it works with bug theory because it's just it's just so rough. It's so unpleasant to think about like what all these things they're saying mean, but if I can just convince myself that bug theory works, then then I don't know. Uh, are we at the Lincoln Airport yet? Let me know. Let me know. Was it the Lincoln Airport or was it the JFK Airport? Oh, there was the Lincoln Airport and the JFK Airport. I mean, here's the thing. If you're a president, you get shit named after you no matter what. Yeah. But I hate that we have one named after Lincoln specifically. Yeah. Because I know that like last episode we mentioned, oh, so cars racism is like a thing canonically. But that's not exactly true. Like, we could come up with a reason why that car specifically was discriminated against yeah. for racing. Yeah. Because we see it in this movie, too, with the crop duster. Uh-huh. Like, oh, they told me I couldn't race, too, because I was a crop duster. Maybe he was, like, a milk delivery vehicle before he became a race. you know? Yeah. Like, we could come up with reasons why they didn't want to let him race. But just the fact that Abraham Lincoln was notable... Also, during the JFK scene, we see Dusty flies in past the Statue of Liberty, which yeah, this is like one of the biggest, I think. This is why I think Plains is so important, and it's because of the Statue of Liberty specifically. The Statue of Liberty implies a lot. Yep. But it was not the most notable thing to me in this movie. Before I watched the movie, I think that was what I was like. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm looking for this specific thing because I know it's here. And I know, because yeah. like that has haunted me for years, because mm-hmm. I knew that this this movie featured a Statue of Liberty that was a car. Yeah. And I mean, we discussed it in Cars 2. All of the world landmarks are kind of like cars on them. The kind of car that is on the Statue of Liberty. It's a, it's a forklift. Yes, but also that model of car was not created until three years after the Statue of Liberty was given to america huh so i don't know what it means but it all works with bug theory it all works with bug like me in in the corner of the room facing the wall curled up into a ball rocking back yeah. and forth it, it all works with bug <laughs> that's theory. how this is gonna end if i'm not rubber roomed by the end of this like something's gone deeply wrong this is where i wrote the attack of tahunga harbor mm-hmm. wrote that down which i think is not a real one this is when i noticed that the battle wrenches have a skull in their yeah. logo which they call the piston and cross wrenches are they implying that the piston is a skull and does that mean that the piston cup there's a skull on it it's the goth cup, yeah, it's is the what goth it is, cup. right it's the cup for goths oh and here's where we meet the only plane that i will 
in good conscience put on my smash list okay interesting who who is it well it's um it's uh the love interest i think it was a shawnee a shawnee yeah yeah smash absolute baddie Uh, well here's the thing my note for this is yeah never mind that's a hot plane i don't know maybe i just like a cool design like maybe the nose art is just cool i don't know She's a hottie. She's hot, and then immediately after you meet El Chupacabra, who looks like Snoopy. Oh my god, he looks like Snoopy. The whole time I was like, fucking Snoopy-ass plane. I actually really enjoyed him, just as a character. I did as well. His whole romance subplot was like a little annoying, but I was glad he was there still, you know? He wasn't the bad thing about the romance art necessarily, it was just the fact that it was in there at all. There was an important, very extremely Mm -hmm. important moment when he was introduced. When he said, I'm El Chupacabra, and Eclipse was like, isn't that that monster that, like, fuel from smaller vehicles. Hello? Cryptids exist in the Cars universe? Also, he's voiced by the teacher from Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, really? Holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, what the fuck? My friend was on IMDb the whole time, so anything that she thought was notable, I... That is notable, but yeah, there are fucking cryptids in the Cars universe. Also, he talks about his many accolades, and he's like a champion of indoor flying, which, question mark... Is that a thing? I hope so, just because I think it, it sounds incredibly dangerous, and like, I don't want to watch it if it exists. But it also sounds incredible at the same time. Yeah. But so he's a champion of indoor flying. What did he list? Like a singer, uh, actor. Yeah. He's a romance novelist. Yes, yes. He's lived. Everyone was like being bitchy to him, but I thought he was like really cool. Act, like low key. Yeah, I enjoyed him for sure. Yeah, he looked like Snoopy. That's just... uh, he says we will dance, probably not with each other, but we're not ruling it out. <laughs> That's all I have for the scene where he meets everyone. Yeah, because immediately move into like the first part of the race. Yeah, uh, where we see a blimp that has a little button nose. His name is Colin. Yeah, Colin, a blimp with a nose. Yeah. He has a nose. The blimp has a nose. And I hated it. He looked like a little disembodied head. Ugh. Oh, I didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, Colin was very upsetting. I think it was Colin Cowherder was his name. And then, honestly, those are the only notes I have until Germany. This was just, I was just watching in awe. Yeah, kind of same. I will say that we see, like, a English pub's reaction to seeing Dusty. Oh, yeah. And one of the forklifts at that bar has a caduceus on the side of it, <laughs> which, um, it means Hermes exists. Oh, or not exists, but like is a thing that is culturally relevant. We will get, I wrote that down as well. Like, especially mm-hmm. in Mexico, I noticed that. Also, this was a long time ago. I think this was during the qualifier race, but I skipped one note and I just want to get it out yeah. there because he flies by a sign and I couldn't read what it says, but I think it said Fuddruckers, which is an incredible restaurant. And uh, I miss it. I, I don't know why it would say Fuddruckers, but. That's what it looked like. Anyway, I just think it's important that I mention that I like Fuddruckers. Okay, so we have this race here with the planes. We have a race to Iceland. Oh, yes, it's Iceland first. You're, you're right, yeah. Dusty comes in dead last. Uh, since he's scared of heights, he's flying really low to the ground and low to the ocean, which is bad because that means he's freezing, basically, because of all the ocean spray and stuff. 
and he comes in last place, and then nothing new happens between there and them arriving in Germany. On the way to Germany, Dusty's doing pretty well, but then last second, one of the planes, something goes very bad, and like one of his turbine stops or something, and then he gets oil in his eye, so he's flying blind and he's down an engine and hero dusty shows up and basically sacrifices his win to help a british plane he's helping the bulldog land safely and sacrifices his win for it it's worth noting that we've met this british plane earlier and he was a huge asshole to dusty dusty was like oh i'm a huge fan do you have any tips and he was like yeah yeah here's a tip get fucked (laughs) yeah here's a tip go fuck yourself Don't ask your competitors for racing tips. Like, what is wrong with you? And then Dusty leaves. But so he crashes here and I was like, you saved my life. I'm in your debt. Also, the oil that was being washed off him looked so much like running mascara. (laughs) I kind of didn't know how to deal with it. Because, like, I don't think that was the intention. But he had a very, like, messy 3 a.m. at the bar girl look to me. Like, he hasn't gained access to the smash list, but he is a certified baddie. It was like looking in a mirror, honestly. Oh my god. So he saves that plane, they land in Germany, Mm. and this is when I started to compare this to, like, Cars 2, just because, you know, I had to. And so I was like, man, these planes have so much more sexual tension than Mater and Holly ever did and ever will. Yeah. Like, these planes have some fucking chemistry, yeah. okay? Oh, we also have met French-Canadian yes, planes. Michelle. And she is hot, question mark. And El Chupacabra has a crush and is, like, flirting with her and stuff. And she's sort of spurning him. And it seems sort of like a classic thing of, you're not flirting with me right. Like, you're not flirting with me the way that I like to be flirted with. And so fuck off. Because I don't think you got it in you. Which, fair. (laughs) Spoiler alert, they figure it out. (laughs) Right? Like, come on. So I guess we have to talk about Franz. So Franz is a little German car who can turn into a plane. We're introduced to him. Like, he shows up and says to Dusty, like, it's so nice that... I think it was racing for the little guys or something around. Yeah, racing for us, like, little guys. And he's like, what do you mean us little guys? Like, you know, us little planes. And he's like, well, you're a car. And he's like, no, watch this. And then he transforms into a plane because he's one of those cars that, like, has that weird trailer. You can get it set up. It technically is a plane. Insane. Let's just get that out there. Fucking crazy. He says he's only one of six of those made in the world. And when he turns into a plane, he has a different personality and name. Which I don't want to think about Carr's Dissociative Identity Disorder. Right. Not because I I mind Dissociative Identity Disorder, but just because they did it so badly that I don't want to think... Because I think there's a difference between Dissociative Identity Disorder and... They could be what they were implying, but it's so different that like it can't possibly possibly be that in any way yeah like the movie split like it's yes like they say oh it's associative identity disorder no it's fucking not like god i haven't seen that movie and i don't need to i fucking hate that movie it's on site between me and m night yeah absolutely it has been for years yeah it got me thinking like so this car it's a car and then when it's a plane it's something else so it like almost like changes bodies and then like changes kind of like i don't know it's really hard i, I think we're, do- we're i'm doing that thing again where i'm trying to compare it to something in the human world when you can't do that okay i have a theory with mm-hmm. bug theory as to how that works interesting 
Very you want me to get into it? Give me the basics because we're going to do a whole episode on bug theory. Okay, so you know how octopi have a brain and then smaller nerve clusters that function as rudimentary brains for each of the tentacles? I think that maybe the like plane trailer has a version of that uh, with bug theory. So when he connects all the plane pieces correctly, his personality is changed somewhat because he's like adding a rudimentary brain to his nervous system. Oh, okay. See, I was thinking it's a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Maybe. Like you're kind of right, but it wouldn't explain a change of personality in that way, you know? Right. And he can change back and forth, too, is mm, the other thing yeah. of it. But I don't know. I, Despite it all, I like him. Yeah, he's a fun character. Yeah, I wish he didn't have Disney writer room understanding of disassociative identity disorder, but... I mean, I know it was, but my heart is just like, that can't be what they were going for, right? But it always is, yeah, you know? Yeah, I know, like, that's what's unfortunate. But so we meet him, and he's honestly fine, despite it all. <laughs> I want that on my tombstone. That'd be a fucking sick tombstone. If I went to the cemetery and I saw a tombstone that said that, I'd be like, oh, sick, I'm taking a selfie with this. They're using all these turns of phrases that I didn't write down and I don't remember what they're talking about, but it's Riptide or whatever his name is talking mm-hmm. to his twins. And he says something about a dog. Old and Yeller. I wrote down, he says Old Yeller. Oh yeah, Old Yeller has a dog in it. Yeah, exactly. That brought up a lot of like little question marks for me. Yep. And then they shoot the dog at the end. Like that's and they just shoot the stay. dog at the end. Holy shit. Can you imagine just being a kid? When I was a kid, when I was watching movies, it's not like I was understanding what was happening in the movies. It's just I was picking up lines here and there that I was sort of assembling into a movie in my head. And so I'm just trying to imagine what a kid who's never heard of Old Yeller thinks when they hear the line, you know, they shoot the dog at the end, right? Like, what do they think that a dog died in Cars 3? Like... (laughs) Or in planes? Is that what they think? I'm not a kid, so I don't know. We see people being, like, weirdly mean to Dusty about how he's just, you're not built for this. You're not made for this. Again, just needlessly aggressive. And so that's when I wrote down planes racism, which was another one of those things where, like, in the moment, it felt like a big underline highlight. Yeah. But in retrospect, it's like, we're just going to have to think about it and do an episode on it, yeah. I guess, because we have to. And because he gets rid of his crop dusting thing. Oh, yeah. He, he gets a vasectomy. Yeah, it, literally. That's what it's played like. Like, I'm kind of being glib, but also. No, it's literally played like that. He comes out and he like he has a high voice and then lowers it really quickly. Like, it's like a whole thing. It's a ball joke. Yeah. We cut to like the people back home watching him race and we see an emotion on Skipper that I have no idea what it, I just don't know what this emotion is. Do you know what this emotion is? Do you have any idea? Let me, hold on. I sent the screen cap to you because this is honestly how I felt every time (laughs) a new piece of Cars lore dropped in this movie. (laughs) Like, it's... It's kind of like he's smiling. Yeah, it's like a side smirk that is filled with sadness. It's like all... Yeah, like I can't tell if it's like an old person actually trying to smile or if it's like... (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like that smile where your face is just a little too too saggy to like do it properly. Haunting image. But I don't know. It looks like he's grimacing, but in context it should have been a smile. 
And I just don't know. I just I just don't know about this one. And then we find out that he has plain traumatic stress disorder because it's not that he can't fly. It's that he can't bring himself to fly. A skipper, that is. Oh, yeah. This is where I wrote down the line. Oh, so he's a liar. He's just lying. He's out here mm-hmm. lying. We're on a stretch of it where they're going from... <sighs> I literally wrote down no notes about the race from Germany to India. The only thing I wrote down was that someone says, like, you got to be careful or something because you'll get pneumonia or frostbite. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. That was my note is that like when they're talking about the trip to Nepal, he says like, okay, well, on the bright side, if you're going over the mountains, because I know you're afraid of the mountains, if you crash, there won't be a fiery explosion. So you might be okay because the air is too thin up there. And then he says, well, you know, of course, you could get hypothermia, you get trapped by an avalanche, or you could get, you know, pneumonia or frostbite. Pneumonia is a lung infection. So... We do know that planes and cars have to have lungs. They have to have lungs. But this is just further confirmation. And it was confirmation I really needed, honestly. Yeah, for you know sure. What I mean? Yeah, yeah. So India. So India. I actually didn't write down any notes for it. Oh, I did. But I also wrote down Cars Greek Mythology. I don't know exactly why. I mean, there's going to be more about it in Mexico. Yeah. So the thing that is important here that happens about Car Greek Mythology mm-hmm. is that El Chupacabra says, I am Icarus and she's my son. That's right. I wrote down Icarus. I don't even have to car punify that one because it's just Icarus. Wow, I'm obsessed with this idea that I just came up with. I would love to do just like a series of episodes where we take Greek myths or just like any myths and just try to decide what they would be in the cards universe. For sure. Because like for Icarus, I think that the obvious thing is like, oh, they're planes, but I don't like, I feel like it would be better if they were cars. Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's the Greek mythology explanation for planes. Yeah. Oh my god, that's everything. I want to do that forever. I don't I don't want to solve cars now. Now I just want to do cars in Greek mythology. Cars Hades Town. Orpheus and Eurydice is cars. Are you kidding? We should have a Cars Hades Town episode. Cars a Hades Town? If anyone from the Hades Town cast would like to talk about cars. Listen, hey kids. <laughs> I know we've had a lot of fun. Pages now turned around. <laughs> I know we've had a lot of fun today calling out like, hey, you know, if any of you want to be on, you know, that kind of thing. But Town cast, you know, if you're around, hit us up. Like, just remember, just say no. Peer pressure is wrong. And listen to your parents. And hey, Town cast, hit us up. That's all. Just let everyone know Paige sat on her chair backwards for that one. Yeah. Also, it's like a gamer chair. So it's like incredibly <laughs> uncomfortable to do this. I'm going to spend probably like the next 10 minutes like trying to figure out how to get out of this without hurting myself. So let's just continue on with the show. And if I fall over <laughs> at some point, that could just be for you and me. That could just be a little fun one for you and me. <sighs> okay. So anyway, India. We get to India. Oh my god. It's... Oh, fuck. Dusty asks why there are so many tractors, and we learn in India tractors are sacred, and they believe that when they die, they'll be recycled as tractors, which is a lot. They never say Hinduism, right? No, they do not. So this is one we can play with a little more than we can play with Cars Catholicism, I feel like. Because <laughs> Cars Catholicism is just Cars Catholicism. Yeah. And that's its own issue. <laughs> 
but because they never say Hinduism, we can really mess around with what this means related to the manufacturer. They mention recycling, which I guess is supposed to be the equivalent of reincarnation, but also it just makes sense if you're in a world where you are made of manufactured parts. Oh, damn. Now I'm thinking about it. And, you know, you know, I've been on car God's side for a long time. Like I mm-hmm. am a full believer in car God and how car Jesus died for our car sins. Fuck. Do I want to watch car passion of the Christ fantasy high? Oh, oh. <laughs> I, sorry. When you said I'm on the side of car God, I immediately thought about Chris and Applebee's. Oh, no, I was thinking Cars, Passion of the Christ. God, I would watch that, though. Cars, Jesus Christ, Superstar. But anyway, I I have been in Catholic car gods corner for Mm -hmm. quite some time now. And now that I'm thinking about it, I may be on the side of, like, car reincarnation. Reincarnation. I just, I feel like I have to be on the side of there is something watching over the car's universe. There is a benevolent force. Like, we know this. There is a god. Yeah. I basically feel like we have confirmation that there is car god in this movie. Yeah. Which is wild to say because of how not into it I was at first. Like, it's so wild because, not to get into religion, because god, we're going to get into religion very quickly. But if you're talking to anyone who isn't religious, it's like, yeah, you can believe what you want, but there's no solid evidence for me. So I don't believe in a higher power. But in the cards universe, I feel like there is solid fucking evidence that a car god is up there. Yeah, at least one or at least some kind of cosmic force that has preference towards vehicles. Yeah. Which is so, so fucked. It's so fucked. I just took a picture of the bird planes and I didn't have anything to say about it. I have a lot to say about the bird planes because I think it was at this moment when I saw those bird planes where I started to lose my mind. And listen, I've gone crazy before watching some Cars movies, but like in this moment, I started spiraling and I'm just going to read this paragraph that I wrote while I was looking at the plane birds. And it says, I mean... Aren't we all just living beings? Some have feathers or fur, but evolution has all made us different shapes and sizes. And maybe some of us have more capability for language and we can decide right from wrong. But maybe car god just made us like this and we shouldn't question it. How come some planes are people and then Mm -hmm. some planes are birds? And Mm -hmm. it's like, well, they're all living beings. And, you know, there are birds and humans, you know? It's just like, Mm -hmm. that's how car god works. Well, yeah, because like... I've mentioned this on the show before. There's a YouTube series that I love called Alien Biospheres. It's by Biblarian, I think is how you say the name of the channel. But it's just a speculative sci-fi biology show where he starts from like, here is a little worm swimming around in the ocean, and here is a barnacle. And then he evolved those into a wide variety of different creatures and stuff like that. And so something that has sort of happened in this series is it's become like increasingly evident to me that there really is not that much different between a lot of creatures. And then if you think about there is a type of biology slash evolutionary theory called cladistics. And the cladists are a group of genetic theorists who, for example, would tell you that 
birds do not exist as a separate group from reptiles. Because if you look at the way they evolved, you can not group together all of the... Okay, so just imagine an evolutionary tree, and you've got two branches going to either side. One of those branches goes to crocodiles and turtles, and then you have the other branch that goes to birds, snakes, and lizards. Now, the cladists would argue that because you can't separate out all of the things that we would consider reptiles by saying this is the evolutionary line of reptiles... That means that either reptiles aren't a thing, or birds are reptiles, basically. That's the argument that they make. Which I love, and it also means that fish don't exist. It means that either fish don't exist, or that everything is fish. And I love that, and I love the idea that I'm a fish. You know, that was a very rudimentary like explanation of cladistics, obviously, and like probably wrong. I don't know if crocodiles and turtles are on the same branch or anything. But like, that's just the basic idea of what one of the big arguments in cladistics is. You know, if we're all fish, then it's not that surprising that there are some planes that are people and some planes that aren't people. Because it's possible that the planes that we see, in fact, it's incredibly likely that the planes that we see that are sentient are more closely related to cars or even the same species as cars than they are to the planes that are birds or more bird-like. And then my next note was just, he has a sky pad. Yeah, he has a sky pad. Oh, I also would like to note that uh, Ashani, at this point, like, we yeah. got a really good, like, look at her during the sequence. And that's when I realized that the way she's built is she has a propeller in the back, where most planes would have a tail fin, which I don't think is, like, aerodynamically actually possible. I think that in order to have a plane that stays up correctly, you're going to need the tail. But yeah, she just doesn't have a tail. That she her propeller's there instead. We have a we have a flat queen here. No no ass. <laughs> I do I wrote a note about that, but it's later. Oh, we see uh the Taj Mahal, which is a tomb for a ruler and his favorite wife. So that gives us a look into world history, I guess. El Chupacabra serenades another plane. It's just I just wrote this is fucking insane. This plane is serenading another one. Like it's also so Dusty in this moment like is playing wingman to El Choop. <laughs> El Choop is singing this like love song about how he's a machine built for love or whatever. And then Dusty shows up with a mariachi band that he just sort of found. Where were they? They were in like East Asia, right? They were somewhere in East Asia. And it just really fucked me up that not only did he know about El Choop's plan, but that he had the time and the money to find a mariachi band somewhere in the middle of Asia. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even do that where I live in Florida. I would have to probably live in, like, Arizona or something if I wanted to just, like, off the cuff find a mariachi band. And then they proceed to do what is a stunning display of musical prowess. Beautiful. And play a Latin love ballad version of this 80s rock song that El Choop was singing. Which is not, you like, you can't just do a song different. Like, that's not just a thing you could do just out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Incredible musical talent displayed by the, I feel like we've said this before about yeah. someone, right? That Forklifts. I think forklifts, they're all very musically inclined. Yeah. Also, this is when I, I mean, like, I knew it, but this is when it connected mm-hmm. that 
El Tube is wearing a luchador mask. And, like, yeah. I knew it. But, like, just in that moment, I was like, oh, my God. Like, he's just wearing a luchador mask. He's wearing a luchador mask. Yeah, he's wearing a luchador mask. I'm pretty sure around this time, maybe before or after, I don't remember, he flies through the tunnel. Yeah, so he's he's given the tip to follow the Iron Compass by uh, Ashani. And I wrote down, is the Iron Compass thing sabotage? Because... Oh yeah, it sounded evil. I got a weird vibe off of it. And I couldn't yeah. tell why, because Ashani's been like super nice this whole time. No reason to doubt her. But this happened, and it was kind of like, huh... Okay, that's weird. But he follows the Iron Compass. At one point, there's a tunnel because it's a train track, if you don't know. I didn't know. So it's a train line that like basically will take you to the right place. But it goes through a tunnel at one point. And so he's like, I'm going to try and go over. But he gets too freaked out and has to go back down. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to fly through the train tunnel. Which, if you've ever played GTA and you've tried to fly a jet under the... No, it's just not... It's not easy. It, it's, it doesn't work. It's not easy. It's it seems really dangerous. And it also seems really dangerous when he does it. And he barely makes it out of there alive because a train is coming the opposite direction to him. Yeah. But he just barely clears it. And then suddenly he's in the clouds. And I wrote, he's in heaven now. Yeah, he has a near-death experience. Yeah. And he shows up on this, like my first thought was Machu Picchu. Yeah, it looked a little bit. And so they sh- he shows up and like lands... And he's like, is this heaven? Did I die? And the people are like, no, this is the next stop. You you came in first place. It's Nepal. It's Nepal. Yeah, they're in Nepal. This is the Nepal stop of the journey. By the way, fucking these forklifts, insane. Yeah. They have these head things, like head things they're wearing. And I don't know if that's like a, this is going to be, This is. we're just going to have to look into this. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that like, I definitely want to get someone of like these religions on the show to yeah be like, for sure. hey can you can you let us know what they got wrong please or i guess what they got right that would be way shorter so anyway he's in first place everyone's super proud losing their shit they're all losing their shit about it fucking evil plane the guy with the sonic mask apparently says um all right well let's just fucking kill him basically he says let's fucking kill him yeah also we find out that the advice to go through the iron compass was supposed to be sabotage a shiny got a brand new shiny yep. propeller out of the deal and you know they have a little fight i really did not care about it at all i think that the planes movie just hate to see a girl boss winning god if dusty was a female plane i think i would have enjoyed it a million times more yeah oh for sure no differences right? But just if it was like a girl plane, yeah, I would have fucking rooted for that little bitch. I would have loved it. Oh my god, same. Just like a small town country girl. Oh my god. Been on the farm her whole life. That is everything. That is everything. Wow, what a dream. What a fucking dream. They are now at the... Second to last leg of the journey. Yeah, very dangerous. Yeah. Very, I don't know. It's over it's the Pacific, right? Yeah, it's over the Pacific, and they are... Wasn't it, like, somewhere to Mexico? It was... Yeah, I think it was Nepal to Mexico, Mexico? with a stop in Hawaii to refuel. Yeah. But, while they're flying, the twins show up, and they knock Dusty's antenna off, so he can now no longer navigate or communicate with anyone. And so now he's just over the fucking Pacific Ocean, not knowing where he's going... And not able to tell anyone what's going on with him. 
he runs out of gas in the middle of the Pacific. Fucking goes underwater. Yeah, and splashes down into the water. Haunting. It was... Honestly, this scene with him crashing into the ocean was more jarring to me and more upsetting than anything that happened in Cars 2. It was more upsetting than the Lightning McQueen crash. There was a lot of it because there was a sense of like just pure doom. Yeah. Like we were watching him die and he knew that he was dying. I'm not someone who's afraid of the ocean. I'm a scuba diver. If you said like right now, like, oh, hey, this weekend I'm going scuba diving. Like, yeah, I'm down. I'd love to go scuba diving. There's something about specifically being alone in the middle of the Pacific Ocean with no one around and no way to talk to them that is so much of a nightmare that it's not even funny. It's not even like the kind of nightmare that it's like, oh, and it could happen. It would be so hard to end up in that situation. And that's the situation Dusty ends up in. And it's truly so grim. And then he's picked up somehow. I think like hooks or something. I don't know, man. Yeah. But then he also talks to the jet, and I don't know how those two things happen. I know that he talks to the jet and lands on the boat, but I also know he crashes into the ocean, and I don't know what order those happen in, and how we get from crashing into the ocean to being on the boat, or being on the boat and crashing into the ocean. Like, Uh... I don't know what the connective material is there. Let me just real quick look at the... Whoa, why doesn't my brain remember that either? Okay, hold on. The boat came before the terrible death scene. Oh, oh, It came before that. Okay, here's what happened. He was, like, running out of fuel. It was like, I don't know what to do. A jet shows up and is like, hey, you're in restricted airspace. Why aren't you answering your radio? And is like, your radio's broken and you're stocking up on fuel. Hey, come with us. We'll get you refueled. Hey, don't worry, guys. It's just a civilian who's lost and needs help. We'll get him set up and take him back out. This is where the entire movie started to feel very much like MCU-style military propaganda. It was so weird. It was so gross. It was like I was watching Captain Marvel all over again. But so he lands on a boat, which is called Dwight D. Fleisenhower. God. And at first I'm like, so the president was named Dwight D. Fleisenhower instead of Eisenhower? And then I realized, wait a second, boats are people. Oh, yeah. So do people call the boat the Dwight D. Fleisenhower? Is his name Dwight D. Fleisenhower? Like, what is going on there? Are all of these boats named after presidents and, like, generals in the way that they are in real life? Like, is that just, like, something that happens with this type of... I mean, it might also be a military code name. True, yeah. I could definitely see that. It's still fucking insane. Yeah, he lands on the boat, and that's where we find out, oh, he's a liar! Yeah. Uh, Skipper is a big fat liar. Although before that, I do want to say, we've got everyone back from Plains Radiator Springs, and they're all coming to Mexico to meet him there. He's on the phone. He sees... God, I don't even... This movie's fucking insane, you guys. I don't even... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's like, hey, is it true that you only flew one mission? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And he's like, uh... Oh, and he has a purple heart, by the way. Or, like, he has a medal. Oh, does he? I didn't notice that. It's it's a purple ribbon with a medal that, to me, seemed like, oh, that's a purple heart. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, we find out Skipper's only flown one mission. Yeah. And, dude, Dusty is fucking broken by this shit yeah because his whole thing was like my coach is this awesome military plane because we all love the military because we're doing propaganda now i guess in our cars movie then we find out no actually he only flew one 
tour, despite how he like listed off a thousand different things that he did at the beginning of the movie. Like this isn't a thing where it's like lie by omission or whatever. Like he actively at the beginning of the movie was like, yeah, well, I was here. I was there. I was there. I fought in all these places. I, I've shot down 50 planes. And then later we find out, no, actually, he fucked it immediately. He really just fucked it. It seems like it wasn't really his fault. Well, but... and, and also, by the way, I'm curious. I'm, I'm just thinking about this now. I don't pretend to know about how specifically, like, military hierarchy works. Mm-hmm. But you'd think if that was, like, the only mission he's ever been on, like, mm-hmm. is that the only time he's ever been out in the field? Why was he immediately the leader? Like, surely he did something before then, right? Yeah, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, it's like... I don't think that's how that works. Like, I don't... I, I don't know. Because, like, you're not... You don't want to have an entire squad of rookies. You want the person in charge to be, like, a lieutenant. Like, a, like or... someone who's been out in the field, right? Like, it's... Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Or maybe not even someone who's been out in the field, but at least someone who, like, has been in the military for a little bit. But, like, he describes his service as, like, yeah, I basically was spending my entire career training those guys, and then we all went out together, and they all got shot down because we flew into, like, their entire navy, basically. So he crashes into the ocean, everyone else is killed, he's the only one who's recovered. Yep. Dusty is torn up by this, gets gassed up and flies away. In a fucking cyclone. Maybe they should have a plane race during a time when there wasn't supposed to be a tropical cyclone over the Pacific Ocean. Just, just, uh, you know, just thought. True. Again, I don't know a lot about weather either. I think you can predict that, oh, that might happen. But I also think because it's a worldwide race, I think it would be really hard to be like, and in this week of travel, we need there to not be any weather problems. And also, if they get to like Nepal and it's like, okay, uh, the weather's starting to look bad there, it would be really easy to be like, Oh, they just took off, and ten minutes later, oh, the weather's really bad in the Pacific? Well, I guess they're already gone, so... That's true. But it wasn't a problem for anyone else, because they all flew above the storm, but Dusty's afraid of heights. Um, so. By the way, that scene with Skipper was so reminiscent of that scene in Ragnarok, where we see all of the Valkyries die. It was so Ragnarok in that moment. I almost wanted to fast forward versus watching Ragnarok where it's like literally sitting there jaw on the floor like, Mm -hmm. oh my god, the Valkyries, they all die. Such a huge difference. He gets fished out of the ocean somehow. He drowns. um, Almost drowns. Okay, so now Mm -hmm. here we see the the greek symbol of like hospitals yep. that's you know that symbol that's on yeah, the hospital yeah the the caduceus exactly it's a wrench and like two jumper cables or yep. something yeah yeah it is which is very good dusty is told that he's too badly destroyed and uh, he can't finish the race like it's over yeah cuz he's got too many Like, they won't be able to replace all the parts he got like fractured ribs or something yeah i didn't write down everything that was happening but his wing ribs were fractured also we saw x-rays of him which further confirmation that they aren't made of metal why plane have bone in it they aren't made of metal because if they were you wouldn't be able to x-ray them 
And so he's like, yep, it's over. And then El Chupacabra comes up, who, by the way, El Chupacabra is like, yeah, I'm going to help you because when Mexico needed Americans help, you were there. And I was like, okay, well, hold on. You're putting way too much faith in America right now. Yeah, when Mexico needed America's help, it was definitely not because America was driving them all south because they wanted Texas. And it definitely had nothing to do with America, wink. Yeah, it's like, hey man, you do not owe this fucking crop duster anything. Yeah, not for that, at least. The line could have been like, listen, you helped me out with my girl, I'm gonna help you out, here are some wings that we had. But no, it was like, more weird American propaganda. Oh, also, they're in, like, Mayan ruins yeah, or something. Yeah, it's so strange. It's really weird. The people were like, oh, Mexico, huh? I know what Mexico looks like. And then just went with, like, fucking jungle. Like, it's insane. I don't know. I mean, it must be, like, a roadside attraction airport or something, right? Like, it must be one that's like, oh, hey, come here. Look at how fun our buildings all are. Haha, <laughs> because we're in Mexico, you know? I am remembering, because like all of the airports, because I'm remembering that at one point they were in China. um, And I think that was during the serenading scene. All of the airports they land at are like real airports. So now I'm thinking like, is there a Mexican airport just in the middle of Mayan ruins somewhere? Yeah, or one that's designed to look like it's Mayan ruins or something. So anyway, all the planes come and give give him supplies and like give him stuff. And new parts and stuff. I'm genuinely emotional about it. I was like, wow, everyone is helping him. What the fuck? Like, why am I like really getting emotional right now? I had a very different reaction. Okay, interesting. Anyway, he gets a Shawnee's ass. He gets her propeller. Her ass. She gets the nice propeller that she sold him out for. She gave him her ass. This is the only one I really cared about because for some reason in that moment, it felt incredibly intimate to me to be given a part that someone else was using like here take my shirt i was just wearing this a few minutes ago take my shirt if someone gave me their propeller it would be like just propose already i wrote down plane spiracy don't know what that is a reference to did someone say plane spiracy or did i there was something about a conspiracy okay also it's worth mentioning even though he would have been disqualified for like taking way too long to race and like crashing and stuff it's determined that yeah, he was tampered with, so we're going to put you back in the race, but you're going to be taking off last, and you're going to have a big time penalty. At this point, he's been, like, stitched back together. Like, he looks completely different. He looks different. pretty hot. It, it's a, looks it's a, hot. it looks it's not, good. It's not Lightning McQueen after Makeover hot. No. At all. But it's like... It's more like fucking RoboCop hot. Yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah. looks like he's been $1 million manned. Oh, Skip is the name of the VA nurse. And I know this because I wrote down Skip is my favorite. Is it Skipper and Skip? Oh my god. We see Skipper in Mexico at this point, and he overhears the the twins and what's-his-face fucking Rip Slinger talking about how they're just gonna sabotage. Yeah, they're just gonna kill Dusty. And there was, like, this moment where... Skipper was like, no, I'm, I I shouldn't go to the end of the race. I shouldn't go to New York because... Because Dusty's pissed at me. Yeah, he's pissed and he doesn't want me to be mm-hmm. his, like, coach anymore or whatever. And I was, he sounded like he was, like, he was gonna just stay in Mexico and just start a new life just for retire. himself. Like, 
Yeah, he was going to stay in Mexico, yeah. start a new life for himself. He's going to find a wife who was half his age, plus seven, and he was just going to live <laughs> out the rest of his days in Mexico. Uh, at one point, Riptide or whatever, like, really threateningly says, because I'm coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like that was the end of the sentence. It wasn't like I'm coming for you. It was like yeah, or at least I don't think it was. But maybe this was just my dirty imagination. But I thought there was something that said I'm coming on you, or like I'm coming up on you, or something like that. Yeah, something like it that. It was like just really, really like it, it was real nasty. Yeah, whatever it was, it felt gross and kind of hot. I have no actual notes about the rest of the movie. Okay. I do have screenshots. So. I have a few. One of these. <laughs> One of them is, um, so we see that Dusty starts in last place, and then we slowly see him go up the leaderboard as he's passing everyone. So he passes, like, Ashani, who's in eighth, Rochelle, who's, like, I think in sixth or something, Elchu is in seventh or whatever, and then he gets all the way up to the second place person. And it's just a dude named Ned on the leaderboard? Who the fuck is Ned? I feel like if Ned has been in second place, we should have known about it, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, why would we not put a plane that we know yeah. in second place? Like, you can't just have a plane. Because everyone else on the list that we see that he passes is someone that we know. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a plane that we know. And so, like, to see, like, second place Ned is like, who? Hello? <laughs> who is this guy? For, like, a moment, we see the plane from Brazil give i think his name is manuel he gives dusty some supplies or, or parts and like even if we had seen manuel second place it would have been like oh i remember who that is like he helped dusty who the fuck is ned who's ned i don't know who is ned and so riptide's in first because of course he is and he's got his two little fucking gremlins with him which i don't think should be fair i'll be honest i don't think that someone should fly with him yeah like i don't think you should get a posse while you're flying around. I mean, I think that there should be race officials flying around with you, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But then you'd have the problem of like, well, they have to be at least as fast as whoever the racers are. And at that point, just be a racer, right? Well, they could have stations where every few miles or something, there's just someone there just to double check. Yeah. And it sounds like they do because they have, they have um, cameras. Yeah. They have like station set up with cameras dusty catches up to ripslinger and he's like oh we're out of the range of the cameras fucking kill him and so they try to kill him and it's very you said captain marvel earlier this scene is very captain marvel the final fight yeah it's so weird in this sports movie to say that, or like what is theoretically a sports movie to say that there's a final fight like i don't know what genre to put this movie in it's yeah. just a cash grab that also is taking money from the American military. Like, it's wild. And Lightning McQueen. So Skipper shows up. He's flying again. Gets absolutely fucking wrecked. But, like, it's fine. Just part of his tail fin gets fucked up, but he's still able to fly. Yeah, so he's like, all right, up. Dusty, go! And Skipper takes out the two little gremlins, and Dusty is way behind Riptide, or whatever his name is, and is... His torque gets fucked up or something. Yeah. He looks up and sees a type of cloud that means that there's going to be a really strong tailwind. And like, this is something that was talked about earlier in the movie. So he flies up there and he's just 
being like rocketed along because of how fast he's going. And then he catches up and Riptide is like slowing down because he always poses for the cameras before he while he's crossing the finish line. And while he's doing that, Dusty overtakes him and crosses the finish line instead. And Riptide knocks over a bunch of porta potties and gets covered in oil. There was one forklift that was like at the finish line and he was watching Ripslinger like fly in and he was like another win for Ripslinger or something like that it was something but he sounded just like the the Allstate guy and I don't know if it was the Allstate guy but boy did that sound similar it and might I was have been. well because like the reason I thought it wasn't was because mm. I was like well if he's the Allstate guy they should have obviously advertised Allstate right or like some knockoff of Allstate yeah so it was just a guy that sounded like the Allstate guy he smashes into porta potties. Yeah, and as far as I'm concerned, the movie ends there. Well, hold on. I have something very big that I realized. So the movie ends, and I just wrote, I don't know, this movie kind of slapped, but that was because I was just listening to the music. Because, oh, sure. like, the music is incredible. Yeah. Like, the music makes it seem like it's so much cooler than it actually is. Music was great. So for the uh, Dwight D. Fleisenhower, that boat. It has eyes like on the top of it, right? And so I was like, where the fuck is its mouth? It's like way off center. Yeah. And when Dusty flew away, I was like, that cannot be his mouth. That's just like, that's nothing. Like I need to find his mouth. But then there's a very obvious in the credits, there's a picture and it's so obviously a smiling mouth on the front. And it's like, it's so upsetting. Mm -hmm. I hate it. And then, you know, I found out that Dusty was voiced by Dane fucking Cook. And I was like, oh, come on, man. I couldn't even tell you who that guy is. Like, I know the name, but I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. That's, that's Planes. That's Planes. I didn't really like it. I prefer Cars. Now, here's the thing. I don't know. It's, it's weird because I think that there were some aspects of this movie that were kind of good. There were some good bits. There was a lot of information that we could pull from. I don't know if I'm just so used to cars. Like, I'm so used to, like, fucking losing my mind over Lightning McQueen and his just hot body. He's a hot rod. He's a hot rod. Yeah, I don't know if I'm I'm just missing him constantly, but I, I felt like, A, this movie lacked memorable characters. I mean, like, El Choop, if I saw him again, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. But it's, like, didn't leave a lasting impression on me. Like, I didn't have as strong emotions about these characters as I did as the cars. Like, characters. every single one of them, I felt like I was looking at them, and instead of seeing the character, I was seeing the little plastic toy in Target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not a thing that is true about the Cars movie. Like, you know, we mentioned while we were watching the Cars movies that, like, there are a lot of outfit changes that sometimes give off the sense of, like, oh, they can make more Hot Wheels cars with this costume change. But that's so much different from this movie, where looking at all the characters, it just felt like they were designed with soft edges so that way kids wouldn't get hurt if they put them in their mouth. This is a franchise for kids, but I think the Cars franchise had so much that was also for adults. I mean, not even that, but it was just, it's like they were trying to make a movie versus this where they were trying to make money. That's true. It really felt like the kind of movie that you take the kids to because kids' tickets are cheaper movie day and they don't have school today, so we're going to go see the movie. Oh, well, I guess I don't have anything else to make the kids do today, so I guess I'm going to take them to see that movie. There are morsels. We got some good info. Yeah, I just, I miss Lightning McQueen. Watching the Cars franchise, like, I enjoyed it. This one was very, like, clinical for me, almost. Like, I was watching it because, yes, I was watching it because I had to, but I was watching it because, like, I 
I needed, like me, Ashton needed to watch it. This was the most it's ever felt like work to do the podcast. Even Cars 2 was so weird that it felt like I didn't enjoy it and it was a struggle to get through. But it was different from this where it's like, well, we agreed to watch this. I think it was it was boring compared to Cars 2. Neither were good movies. Cars 2 and Planes were not good movies. But Cars 2, I think there was so much going on and like watching it, like you weren't bored, like you were frustrated. But like this one is like, okay, we get it. Go on. Yeah. We know what's going to happen. This is a movie I could honestly, before I even saw this movie, I could have told you the plot of it. And I mean, again, it's a kid's movie. It's it's supposed to be predictable like that. And so I'm not knocking that in any way. It's just, I guess, for us having to deal with it. I am a strong proponent of letting kids experience like complicated narratives because... Like Cars 3. Like Cars 3. And like, if you've listened to a kid play pretend, you know they can handle some like convoluted plot lines. Out of five stars, I think it's safe to say this is like a half star for me. I would... I don't think it even gets a full star. I, okay. Mm, I might give it... Think about the quality of the movie, not what it gave us as far as information. I I think I would give it just one star. I'd give it a full star. I'd give it that much. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'll bring bring mine up to a star. Because, like, I'm comparing it to the others because Cars 3 is a five all the way. Five star, yeah. Cars 1 is a four, I think. Cars 1 is a 4, yeah. It's either 4 stars or I'm rounding up to 4 stars, but either way it's like pretty close to 4 stars. Cars 2, I, I'm maybe 2.5. That was a 2-star movie. I think 2.5. I'm not giving it that. I, I can't. That's valid. Because that's, that's a 50% good movie. That's 50% oh, you're right. of the I didn't way think there. About that. Yeah, I'll lower it down to 2 stars, yeah. But the thing was, I want to be very clear that like Cars 2 was definitely a worse watch. It was a worse watch, but... It's like they took risks with it, you know? Yes, I think that's, yeah. And here it was very clear that it was designed in a test tube to make the investors as happy as possible. There's a big difference. And we're watching Planes 2 next week. Okay, here's the thing. I'm actually, because I don't really know that much about what happens in Planes 2. Me neither. I'm, I'm going in blind. Oh, okay. So I know just like the basic plot. Okay. And it actually sounds very interesting compared to the other movies in the Cars franchise because like up until now we've been dealing with racers and racing. And spies. So this one, just the basic overview is that Dusty finds out that he can never race again and he becomes a firefighter. What the fuck? Yeah, it's insane. And so, like, it's a completely new take. It's not a racing movie. It's, like, he's becoming a firefighter and he's realizing... I think the Disney Plus description was, like, he learns what it takes to be a hero or something. And I'm like, okay, like, yeah. I'm so glad he didn't join the military. Because they could have done he learns what it takes to be a hero and have him join the military. I mean, I'm sure there is some military propaganda that we're going to have to deal with there. Yeah. I mean, if Planes 1 was anything to go off of. Yeah. I'm also so glad he's not a cop. Yeah, right? Holy shit. It would be so much harder of a movie to talk about if he joined the military or became a cop. Honestly, I feel like I would not want to talk about it. I would not want to watch it. I would say, like, this doesn't exist. We'd have to. I mean, to, it would though, have. Like, I know it would. I would have to, but I would be so upset about yeah, it. Yeah, same. Like, so grossed out. I don't have any more mini games. I thought more about what our names would be if we were Cars characters. And I didn't come up with one for myself, but my mom said that uh, you could be ashton cheville or chevelle i mean yes but then ashton martin is right there i don't know if we ever finished 
the mini game that was what drink it was yeah what car- was a cocktail. cocktail yeah well i mean a cartini is just yeah a cartini that checks out i think there's something there with like wiper fluid yeah i've got two of the ingredients and i need a garnish is what i need so it's wiper fluid and i think it's everclear mixed with powerade and i don't know what the third ingredient is slash what the garnish is cargarita 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 is really good carsmopolitan carsmopolitan there you go but i'm trying to design a beverage you could make for yourself while enjoying the cars films oh okay all right well fuck i guess join us next next week week for planes Two. planes fire and rescue Ash, before we go, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, my Twitter is at popsicle underscore mm-hmm. Mike, and that's it. You'll find everything there. Today, I'm going to be plugging Friday Night Fights. That's Nights with a K, because they released episode 18 of the podcast. And literally, since I listened to the first episode of the podcast, Ash has been warning me about how crazy this episode is. And it was still crazier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> And just, like, I was listening to it, and I was supposed to be doing something, but instead all I could do was, like, pace around my room. I felt crazy. I was, like, there's that gif of, like, someone on a a reality show who's, like, talking to the cameras, but they're, like, pacing around while they're doing it. That's how I felt listening to it. It was so good, and Ash does a piece of performance in it that is so compelling. And, like, she plays Elliot Kristen Lewis throughout the whole thing and like she keeps doing that but there's a new take on the character ah <sighs> uh, chef's, chef's kiss, kiss. yeah <laughs> just it it's so good if you're not listening to it this is my promote my friends hour go listen to Friday <laughs> Night Fights because holy shit I guess that's it so that's, that's it Fillmore love you ciao for now <laughs> ciao for now it's a conspiracy man Thanks for listening to Written in the Cars. To get involved, you can interact with us on Twitter. We are at Cars Conspiracy. If you would like to contact us to seek damages, no, you don't. Ka-chow for now. idea we've ever had yeah (laughs) i mean that's not that's not a hard bar to clear we've had a lot of good ideas but this is this has been a bad idea